Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Edit podcast and a very belated Happy New Year. Um, to those of you who are regular listeners, I apologise for the little hiatus at the end of last year. There was so, so much going on in the run-up to Christmas and I just needed a little personal reset. But all is well and we are back at it, ready to get good and stuck into 2021. If you are tuning in from the UK, you'll be very aware that we are back in a national lockdown. Therefore, I am still recording these from home but the good news is that a couple of weeks or so into January has already delivered some fantastic new albums some of which I will be highlighting in this week's show. So 2021 brings with it so much to look forward to in terms of new music. Uh, Here at Rough Trade we are thrilled to be welcoming to the racks in the coming weeks new records from the incredible Arlo Parks, Goat Girl, Jane Weaver, Mogwai, Mush, Alpha Mist. There's whispers of a debut from Squid at some point. And in early February, we finally welcome the debut album from Black Country New Road, the seven-piece whose unique blend of post-rock and jazz-infused post-punk has drawn the crowds thick and fast. Um, I caught up with Lewis and Tyler from the band exclusively for the podcast, so stick around for that coming up a little later on. And let me tell you, the album is fan bloody tastic so if you ain't pre-ordered it yet i'd recommend you do so as soon as this show has come to a close so into some recent edit highlights then and first up your best worst swedish nightmare the amazing viagra boys dropped their highly anticipated second album and our album of the month for january welfare jazz on the 8th of this month um this record is just what we all needed to kick off a new year a gnarly snarly sexy country infused bunch of bangers to awaken us all from the winter slumber pick us up and carry us headfirst into the new year. So check out the latest single from the album. This is Viagra Boys and Girls and Boys. Next up, and Rough Trade Album of the Year 2018 champions, Shame, are back in 2021 for their sophomore outing new album, Drunk Tank Pink on Dead Oceans. So there are moments where you almost have to reach for the sleeve to check this is the same band who made Songs of Praise, but the South Londoner's devious charm is still very much present. It has just evolved into something much more ambitious, much more sprawling. Um, It's an altogether more sombre, layered and textured affair than their debut, but to great, great effect. Um, we should still have copies of this available across all the pink, of course, vinyl variants um, of the album. So snap it up pronto. And here's a track from the album, This Is Shame and Born in Luton. Grab your dancing shoes next because we've got the brand new album from Pearl Charles, firm in our edit on both sides of the pond. 
so in Rough Trade MOC as well. On Magic Mirror, Pearl takes us on a journey that, like life and love, has the tendency to surprise, delight and leave you breathless. This is an optimistic outing, swimming in infectious 60s and 70s sunshine sounds and a killer ABBA-esque opener that I can't not play you some of right now. So this is Pearl Charles and only for tonight. Finally out this week is the brand new album from Electronic Titan's Bicep. So two years in the making, Isles expands on the artful energy of their 2017 debut. It is a record that encapsulates their 15-year career and the distillation of their passion for music and club culture while digging deeper into the sounds, emotions and experiences they had growing up in Belfast and living the past 10 years in London. The record is out on Ninja Tune and has all the energy and trance to help fill that clubbing void in your life. So here's a taste of you. This is the Mighty Bicep with Sundial. So that was Bicep gloriously wrapping up our edit highlights for this week. My guests for this episode are Lewis and Tyler from the incredible Black Country New Road, whose debut album arrives this February the 5th and is a record we have been so, so excited for at Rough Trade. Um, This band is on a hell of a journey and it's going to be so wonderful to see them grow. I, for one, can't recommend this album enough. Um, So for a bit of context before we head into the interview, Lewis had to take our call in a park and then later on he is walking up a hill where he encounters some basically non-existent signal. So just FYI, in case it's not clear why we lose him along the way. Um, The joys of Zoom, ladies and gentlemen. Um, But thank you so, so much for listening this week. Here is Lewis and Tyler. Enjoy this one and I will catch you in the next show. So Lewis and Tyler of Black Country New Road, welcome to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. Um, we're so, so thrilled to have you guys on and thank you agreeing, thank you for agreeing to do this so last minute. Um, I guess you're, are things kind of hotting up in terms of like press and stuff for the album now we're kind of like that three weeks out kind of mark? Yeah, I mean, we've done a big chunk. If anything, it's dying out now. Got a big chunk done and it's gone. Okay. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to chilling out. (laughs) Um, I want to say a massive congratulations, of course, for the forthcoming release of your debut album. It's called For the First Time. Um, It's out February the 5th and it is on the wonderful Ninja Tune. Um, We absolutely cannot wait for it. So, so bloody excited for it. Um, I was saying to you just before we hit record on this that it feels to us at Rough Trade like it's been quite a long time coming, this one. Um, You guys have been on such 
a kind of journey the last couple of years. So I imagine it feels pretty sweet to get to this point. Yeah, totally. It's, it's wicked. I'm very, very proud to be releasing an album. I mean, like, that's the kind of stuff you can only really dream of when you're a kid, mm. having the opportunity to release an album. And we're so young as well doing this. So wicked. Very excited. Very proud. Yeah. I remember seeing you guys at, um, I think you played uh, Record Store Day at Rough Trade East. Must have been 2019. Um, and it felt like that was kind of just at the kind of start when you guys kind of released Athens, France, and things were kind of starting to kind of bubble in the press and kind of in, uh, yeah, like our community, certainly. And there was this kind of excitement really building. And I guess that kind of excitement for you guys has been pretty intense from very early on um so I kind of wondered if although you must have been really really confident at what you had in that first single um Athens France back in 2019 was the speed at which the interest for the band grew um quite a surprise in those early days um uh honestly I and I think a lot of us don't really think about the the wider um conversation. We're kind of just like very introverted in a way, like we just talk amongst ourselves and play amongst ourselves and it's it's an honor that people give it hype and give it respect, but um I find it hard to be overwhelmed by it because I don't personally pay it that much attention. But it but I'm very honored, you know. It's a real privilege. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we were really expecting it to be honest. And and a lot of it is down to other things that were happening at the time that, I mean, we work hard and we play our music and we think it's good, but the, a lot of it is down to the way that things happened for us. It was very lucky, very lucky. We kind of got to the point that we did at a certain time when it was possible. Mm. Um, very lucky that other bands around us elevated us to a new level. I think that's also really important to mention, like, where would we be without like Black Midi and Squid existing in the same in the same time frame and other bands as well? Um, I don't know. It's just there's a lot of things that have really helped us get to this point. A huge thing like the lucky like the people that we've met, the manager that we got, meeting Tim Perry, the, mm. being allowed to play at the windmill. Yeah, it's all pretty wicked. A lot of people didn't you know they didn't bump into these people that they weren't in London so they didn't get to go to these venues that we used to go to you know we're just we're so lucky mm-hmm. I like that you mentioned uh Squid and Black Midi there because you guys always seem to be kind of paired with them I suppose in the same kind of circle of talent if you will in things that are written about you and what people say about you does does having that kind of well having those peers does it give you like a a confidence in what you do and kind of you feel kind of I guess really supported and like you've got like a network around you to kind of push mm. ahead and be confident in the music that you put out. Yeah, I mean, it's like, firstly, it's incredibly flattering to be compared to bands like them. Secondly, they're good, they're good friends of ours. They push us to make better music because they make better music. They push us to be be like better at what we do because we look at them, we go like, shit, they're pretty good, aren't they? And and it's like a very fulfilling and positive thing to have around you all the time, I think, because like, I don't know, we just, we want to be as good as them. 
so yeah. it pushes us a lot totally you end up like suddenly realizing sometimes that if this wider thing around you didn't exist then maybe you wouldn't you know continue or feel the need to like release things as much as we would do it's like positive mm. pressure mm. yeah it must be really nice and the fact that they're you know friends as well it's not just that you hear about them through the grapevine or almost people yeah. together before oh, yeah. you had a chance to be paired yourself so that's a really cool thing and I think mm. a lot of fans probably would say the same thing about you know having that kind of yeah, support and camaraderie and yeah. Although we have been talking about a kind of organised beef with Squid soon <laughs> on both yeah. both sides. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. For now, there's no hate, just love. Yeah, whoever throws the first punch. <laughs> ah, okay, we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully it yeah, will stem with us, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling um, you out, Ollie Judge. <laughs> One of the biggest uh, compliments you guys seem to receive as a band is kind of how focused you are as a unit and that there isn't kind of any confusion or mess in your performance or what you bring to the table. Do you think you would credit um, a lot of that to the fact that you've got a really long-standing friendship that you all share? That's a huge part of it, for sure. Um, yeah. Someone asked me and Lewis the other day about like what did you have do you have arguments when it comes to songwriting and or like performance or anything and how does the dialogue work between many people? And it is I guess fundamentally down to the fact that we spend part well before COVID, spend like most of our time together. So we do so much talking outside of writing and performing that there's not really a lot left to say apart from just like play the music by the time it comes to like yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was also kind of the ethos of the band in the first place was that it would be kind of a bit more of a clean approach to making music mm-hmm. and that we would kind of be a lot more um, focused and make sure that everything we were doing, we were doing for a purpose and kind of not like kind of going against the whole jamming thing because that's not really our strength. Our strength is just to be clean and and do whatever's needed and try not to do much more. Not that we've been that good at that, releasing like stupidly long songs, but we're working on it. We're working on short songs. Yeah. So you guys recorded the album back in March 2020. And is that right? Have I got that right? Yeah. And it features, of course, some of the singles that we've already come to know and love. But listening to the new record, um, there's definitely some evolution. I was listening to Sunglasses earlier, for example, and the album version sounds much more kind of harmonious and the vocals uh, are sung rather than spoken in parts where they weren't previously. So I wondered if you could describe a little bit a little bit about the approach to the album following the success of the earlier singles and kind of what changes have occurred. Well, I mean, uh, we, oh, yeah, like, us performing live would mean that the songs would develop bit by bit the more and more they're performed. So if you take the time between like Sunglasses originally being released and up until when the album was um, recorded, that's a lot of time for the songs to have developed. I'm not saying developed drastically, but things got tighter. Um, there was less room for improvisation and Isaac had come to the conclusion that he didn't want to do spoken word anymore and so for most of the album he is singing Mm. Um, and I think it 
it, it also fits well with the approach that we were having to the, the instrumentation of it as well. Um, yeah, everything's much tighter now. Yeah, agreed. So I'm on such a busy road. This is so stupid. I'm really sorry. Um, no, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I basically come through the most industrial road on in Crouch End, and I'm uh, trying to walk. I'm trying to cross it. Um, oh, you're anyway, anyway, um, yeah, we've definitely matured a lot as a band throughout this album, um, and throughout the time in which we've been playing these songs, they've we've discovered like playing quietly. I think that was like the main change for us. Mm-hmm. That's when things really started to mix up, I think, really, and we decided that we wanted to um, be a bit less of an angsty rowdy band and Thank you uh, very much death crash for that yeah exactly so that's pretty much all death crash that yeah. um who kind of not necessarily taught us because they didn't actually teach us we just saw them and got really jealous of the way that they sounded and uh so we were like right let's play quietly now mm. and we started playing quietly and it just works a bit better it's a it, you can say like double the amount of stuff when you're not just allowed rock band i think you can still say the loud stuff but you can say the quiet stuff too which is nice yeah i definitely noticed like even so i said i saw you at um obviously retro east for that record store day but then i think i also i can't remember how much longer how much how long after it was because i get because 2020 was such an odd year all the years kind of fused together, and I can't remember whether it was 2019 or 2020, but you played Village Underground. I can't remember if that was beginning of 2020 or end of 2019. That was February 2020. Blimey. Yeah, it was. That, it feels so much longer ago than that. I know. <laughs> um, but it was brilliant, but it, was, it did feel like a real kind of change from, I guess obviously it was a different venue and it, it was much longer set, but it really felt like a kind of live evolution of kind of you guys from when I'd kind of first seen you when you kind of I guess first came onto the scene uh a rough trade certainly anyway so that was a very special gig I mean yeah it was amazing enough to be able to play at Village Underground it was incredibly emotional set yeah yeah I I went I we looked at the audience before we came on and I was like holy shit this is scary it was when, so- when it's like, do you know, there's something really scary about when it's a gig that you're playing and people have paid to see specifically like your band and mm. it's tunes that you've written, then the stakes is high, you know? Yeah. You've got like, it's not, it's not like when you're doing a support act, a support show and loads and loads of people are there to see the next band, but they come early. That's fine because like they're just there to see that main band. You can play as shit as you want to play. But like when it's when it's all of them to see you, oh my god, I was terrified at the time. And I don't, I, I, I used to be the kind of person that would pride myself on not getting nervous. But God, I was nervous. Yeah, was that like your biggest solo show today? Mm. At that point, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I guess you can take so much like pride and confidence in the fact that everyone was talking about that show. It was sold out. It was absolutely round. Not only with like industry people, but and you know like that's where you get that point I guess like that's really special yeah 
yeah, yeah it's really special it's wicked but i mean it's so mental and so surreal that i don't really feel like it actually happened you know mm. <laughs> i'm sure i'll be just as like scared and overwhelmed next time it happens <laughs> yeah 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 exactly also it feels so long ago now i mean it kind of was almost a year ago but yeah. it feels so long ago now that yeah the next one it's not like we've had much recent practice of playing to that yeah. many people it's gonna be more scary i know <laughs> I yeah Let's not do it. Let's pack no, up the band now. Oh. <laughs> so will it be different though, coming out and playing a gig like that, where everyone's already, you know, most people would have heard the songs by then because you've got an album out rather than a lot of the material might be new to people? Does that do you know what? It actually kind of, it might not be because some, like, a lot of the fans have, um, they share like bootleg cut bootleg takes of like tunes and stuff that they've recorded live at gigs okay. so a lot of them and in really surprising places they know the lyrics to the songs like when we played in Ljubljana in oh I want to say Slovenia might yeah. be Slovakia I can't remember yeah. Slovenia and yeah. um, they knew the lyrics to like Opus which was a song that wasn't released and they like and it's like what 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 are you doing knowing those lyrics like you're it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, so I, I don't know, I, I, it, it will feel different and it will feel a bit more impactful. But to be honest, like, we've kind of already had that, like, weird thing of, like, random people that you've never met mm. knowing the lyrics to your band's songs and knowing little, like, saxophone licks I play or whatever. So it's a bit yeah. weird. But it's it's cool, though. It's really cool. Yeah. Wow. I guess you'd, I guess you'd never kind of anticipate the level at which people go to kind of, yeah, listen to your music and discover it. If you could say that for the first time represents kind of chapter one of Black Country New Road, are you already really, really excited for kind of the following chapter and where that might take your music next? We're already working on it. Um, yeah. The sound of album two is there. We know what it is. Um, going to be working on it very, very, very soon. Um, the, yeah. the, the first album is a weird one. It kind of, for us, we don't really think of it as a, as a debut album, like a debut statement. It is just a collection of songs that were made over a period of time that represent that time and us when we were younger and a bit more naive and didn't know exactly what we wanted to do or say. And now we've got a much better idea of what that is. And it's different but not too different yeah I'd agree definitely it's definitely uh, it's a different sound uh, a tad less aggressive but we like to think the weirdness in the but there's a lot of weirdness in this first album sorry this this hill is oh. uh, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness in the first album but the weirdness in the second album is much more subtle and you have to go further to understand why it's odd but it is odd that's all I'll say. Well, the odd, the odd sounds very good from where I'm sitting. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. I like that it's Thank so... Thank you. Yeah, that it is so different, but that it is getting the attention that we all think that it deserves and it's not kind of, yeah, slipping by people. So aside from the pandemic, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges kind of new young bands like yourselves um, face kind of now and also in the immediate future? Well, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> we're, we're in a, yeah, I know. This is a, a, a subject that is 
very relevant right now and is quite a sad one really because we're in a very lucky position where we can release music with enough of a budget behind us oh sorry go play in Europe um, without having to worry too much about the budget we've had the we've done the slog of playing these little shows to not many people we've been able to play at these venues and a lot of bands aren't going to get that. <sighs> so I've just got to the top. Take it away, Tyler. What I was going to say was, um, in people not being able to go to the EU, this is what we think being able to go to Europe, because um, they can't afford it. Think about like how um, that will prevent certain like um, artistic directions that people might take because of like conversations they'd have had with someone that they met at a random festival or a random place in another country. You know, they're yeah. going to have such like a um, inward look on, on like the way that they make music is like the, the pool that they have like surrounding them is just in the UK, you know? Like we, we've been influenced by things that have happened in Europe, you know, and, and it, it terrifies me to think that people's artistic development might stop, you know, because of the, the prevention of conversations that they could have. Yeah, like over here, I think we could we could play all of the all of the venues that you need to play in a tour, and you could get around them with like maybe three hours or so of driving, and that makes a massive difference to the way that things work in the UK. You can just kind of go and play a gig in Manchester, and that's fine. But in order to reach these people in the EU, it takes a lot longer. It costs more money to get there. With all these permits, it's really expensive to do that. Mm. And in order to reach those people who still have as good, if not better, connections for you to then go and get bigger or get like change your sound or something, like you have to go a lot further. It's more expensive. It's just like it's just another one, another problem another difficult thing for musicians who are not as well who are not as well funded as we've been lucky enough to be mm. uh, for the next like few years and it's really sad and yeah. a bit like worrying really yeah and I guess it definitely also highlights that need for because for most bands of course like the live the live circuit and playing live is the best representation of who you are as musicians and as a band right so the fact yeah. that you know there's so much talk about how the internet today allows for so much more ease of promotion and getting the music out there you can have as much of that as you want right but if there's someone in Europe who heard your track on Bandcamp but they want to see you and they can't because you can't get there you can't afford exactly it. yeah it is such exactly. a such a yeah. yeah I know yeah. and especially like there's a lot of bands like us that rely on having a really good live sound Hence why we've recorded the album as if it's live, because that's how we sound best. People might think that we rely on performing live, and we have done in the past, but um, only through having that experience of years of performing live. Um, and this album was recorded live, and it all was dependent on that. But through that experience, we've decided that there's a new way to write, and we don't need to rely on it anymore. So we've been able to adapt. But... We've only done that through the privilege of being able to perform live to people in the first place. Mm. You know, it's it, it, you can't you can't just find these tools like out of nowhere. So while Lewis is in a, a signal dead zone, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I was going to ask is that, and yeah. we, I guess kind of connected to that discussion about performing live. I see you guys have announced a live stream show at Queen Elizabeth Hall um, yeah. in London, which is really exciting, and that's to tie in with the album release. Presumably, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's still going ahead. Or is yeah, I haven't heard otherwise. It will be live stream, so I don't see why it wouldn't happen. It's yeah. pretty nuts. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a big space. It'll be it is big. kind of odd that there won't be anyone there, but have you done well, things yet? It will be odd, but if there were people there, then we probably wouldn't be playing there because we, we can't sell out somewhere like that, you know. So thank, yeah. in a weird way, thanks to COVID, we can play there. So yeah. it's the one and only good thing. Yeah, but I guess it must be nice to have, although not quite in the the way I'm sure you would want ideally, obviously having people to be able to attend, but I guess it's nice to have a live show to look forward to um, around the release of the album where so many people are kind of being stunted in their ability to tour. And Yeah, no, I mean, it's so honoured that they've let us do this. It's going to be a special performance as well. We're going to try to do something a bit different and make it a very significant event if we can. But thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this interview and Lewis, where well, you are, I hope you're okay. <laughs> yeah, you too. And I guess in some way Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do, so if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.